0: The Lord be with you. you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. When the Magi had departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I tell you. Herod is going to search for the child to destroy him. Joseph rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt. He stayed there until the death of Herod, that what the Lord had said to the prophet might be fulfilled. Out of Egypt I called my son. When Herod had died, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Rise, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. Those who sought the child's life are dead. He rose, took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he had heard that Archelaus was ruling over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go back there, because he had been warned in a dream. He departed for the region of Galilee. He went and dwelt in a town called Nazareth, so that what had been spoken through the prophets might be fulfilled: "He shall be called the Nazarene." The Gospel of the Lord. Pray, Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. So today we have a story of two fathers and the difference is going to be more apparent. The one father was told to chase his dreams. Be successful. Be powerful. Have great notoriety and he was. He was incredibly successful, and he navigated the ways of the world with such great care and ease that people came to know him and nickname him the Great. The other father was still to abandon his ambitions and dreams. He left all that he had and moved to a new place with absolutely nothing. No no friends or, or former family, no job, no prospects. He left behind a successful career and enters into the unknown. Now, which of these two men had done better for themselves? I mean, what metric do we even measure worth? Which one would you like to be? Which one would you like your children to be? The first father is a man named Herod the Great, he was an incredibly successful man by the world's standards. He navigated political turmoil like none other. He was a friend of Julius Caesar, and after the death of Julius Caesar, was able to get his enemies to become his friends so that he could remain in power. He was very apt at playing the game. He believed the temple was too plain, and so he had it beautified. He spent great money to adorn it with great beauty for the sake of the people of Israel. Yet his power came at a cost, He was so driven to to further himself that in order to protect that power he had spent his whole life gaining, he, he took the lives of three of his children. And so it's no shock what Herod's willing to do to destroy the life of the one they called the king. Herod never failed to ask the question, what's best for me? A type of thinking that's all too common in the world even today. And then you have Joseph. Joseph, who was going to divorce Mary quietly in order to avoid a scandal for her sake, but instead is, is called to be obedient to the word of God. And the Lord says to him in a dream, take her as your wife and care for this child as if he is your own. And that sends him on this trajectory of his life where he, he essentially forfeits all control. In another dream that we heard today, he's told to pick up all he has and go to Egypt. A 450 mile journey. I looked it up on Google how long that would take to walk because they do that with the maps and you can click on direct. 150 hours. 150 hours if they're traveling the well, well-constructed roads they have today. They traveled 450 miles across the, the wilderness on foot. Mary, Joseph, and Jesus. There's no way he would have been able to bring his carpentry tools with him. A journey that led him away from his family and friends reminds me of Abram who was called out to go into this promised land and left everything he knew to become a wanderer in a strange land. Joseph doesn't ask the question, what's best for me? But rather, what is best for the child? And it continues after the death of Herod the Great. Because he returns through a dream, again, told by God to return to his homeland, to Israel. But on the way, he's rerouted by God to a little backwater town in Galilee called Nazareth. A town, they they say, nothing good comes from. But in order to fulfill the scriptures, that he was to be called the Nazarene. And so he does. Joseph takes his family there. Joseph never speaks throughout the scriptures, but he displays A quiet strength of being obedient to the will of God. Think about what the world treasures. What do we teach our children? We send them to the best schools we can. We involve them in the best programs. We bend over backwards to send them to the right colleges to get the right degrees. We push them to pursue careers. To shun love until they're settled. Until they have everything figured out. We taught them to daily ask this question, even if we didn't mean to, what's best for me? How do you get ahead? Now, sometimes we do create some kind of moral barriers in the midst of this to make sure we don't go too far. What's best for me, but not at the great expense of others. Not to hurt others. Maybe a little inconvenience, but that's fine. They'll forgive me. They'll move on. And I fear we've even turned Christianity into just that. We have turned Christianity into a moral guidebook to allow us to have our best life now, but not at the expense of too many others, to keep us from doing too much bad in order to achieve our success and fame and power. But then Christianity is nothing about Christ, and it shouldn't shock us that when we've turned Christianity into what it can do for me— That when it's worn out, its usefulness, we throw it into the trash heap along with all these countless self help books or mantras or ideas we've gathered over the years. Herod is the anti family man. And because we see so many Herods of this world get ahead, I fear we've pushed ourselves and our our children into this life. I mean, how many fathers and mothers have sacrificed their spouse and children for the sake of advancement and careers? As long as I get that promotion, when I get that promotion, then I'll have time. Then I'll be home for dinners. Then I'll have enough money to go on these grand adventures. And there's always this great fear as we chase these things that we're going to lose all the things we've gathered for ourselves. There's so much fear in this way of living. Look at Herod. while powerful was full of fear. There's a fear that he was going to lose all he had gained over the years. He's like he's like Gollum in Lord of the Rings, right? It's, he, he wants this ring. It's mine. It's mine. You can't take it, it's mine. My precious. It's ugly. And what is ugly we've tried to convince ourselves is beautiful. I fear that we've trained young couples to spend more time establishing themselves than giving of themselves. Don't get married until you graduate. And you have a solid and stable job and income, and you've built up some savings. And then deplete all of that within a single moment on a day you call your wedding. And then start over again. And, and make sure you can build up a, a nice nest egg and you and your spouse have a solid job and you're able to, to get to know yourselves and experiencing yourself and this and that. And once you do all that, then, then you can have children. But not until then. Build up yourself first. Save up some money so you can experience all the world has to offer and make a name for yourselves. And so many have waited too long and looking back have regret. Have regret on what could have been. And I don't believe this is some evil malicious act of humanity, some, some grand thing. I, I believe it's a subtle attack of the evil one on our family lives. That he's trying to get to what matters most, life. I mean, even how we talk about our kids is, is financial burdens or people will say, if they find out you're expecting, oh, well, that's the end of your life. As if, as if children is the death of us. As if giving of yourself for the sake of another is your death. But God has something different to say. That in fully giving of yourself to another, you truly live. That's what it means to be human. Human. If Herod is the anti-family man, then Joseph is the family man who always gave of himself. He was not driven by self-interest, but by holiness. This is why we speak of Mary, Joseph, and Jesus as, as the holy family. Joseph gave up his career. He gave up his, his protection and his security that he built up in this world. And he started over again in order to protect this child, and he's there just a few years, and then he, he packs up and he goes 450 miles back in order to protect this child. While Herod was willing to sacrifice his own children for his own gain, Joseph gave all he had to protect this child who was the life of the world. And so the Holy Family becomes an icon, a role model of sorts for our own families, and they teach us a great many things. First and foremost, be obedient For the will of God. For that is what is best for us. And it's hard. Because so often God calls us to sacrifice ourselves for the sake of His kingdom. Even think of time. He calls us to to gather with Him every week in in the community of believers to have communion with Him and with each other. He, He calls us to daily prayer and reading of the scriptures. He calls us to love our neighbor even those who have caused us harm, even those who have used us to further their own lives. He calls us to to follow him, even if that would be into the unknown. Be obedient to the will of God, just as Joseph was, just as Jesus was obedient to the will of the Father, even to the point of death for our sake. Second, the Holy Family teaches us to be grateful for what we have, not what we don't have or what isn't. Be grateful, be so grateful for all you've received instead of getting caught up comparing yourselves to others. Trust that the Lord has given you all you need in this life. Even when you look around and, and you get frustrated, and I, and I get frustrated because it seems like unholy families are ruling the day and are doing so well for themselves, and here I am. Doesn't God care? Trust Him. Because in in taking care of myself, there's great fear and misery. But in holiness and trusting in God, there's great happiness and contentment. There are so many miserable people trying to hold on to what they've taken possession of. Give thanks. Third, celebrate life. But let, let us change the way we talk about new life and view family, especially children. Children, this great gift from God that God would welcome us into this creative act of new life. Do not block yourselves from this great gift. It was meant to be welcomed within the beautiful structure of the family. But give thanks that we're welcomed to create alongside our God. It's amazing the sacrifices we'll make for a promotion but are afraid to sacrifice in order to welcome a child into this world. And perhaps there's a fear of of losing what we know, Uh, security. Perhaps there's a fear of being ill-equipped as a parent. That'll never go away. And those fears are real. You should not diminish those fears, but offer them to the Lord. Allow Him to speak His promises into those fears and guide you to trust in Him. And it's a partnership that opens us up to such joy, but also opens us up to such pain. For it is the Lord who gives and the Lord who takes. And So many have opened themselves up to life and have experienced the loss of life, born and unborn, or struggled with the pain of infertility and willing so hard for a child and wondering what the Lord's up to. Or a child who has gone astray and completely left the faith and you do anything to bring him back. Or a child who's suffering and our heart grieves for them and it breaks for them and, and there's nothing we can do to make it better but we just, we just wish the best for them and we pray for them on our knees with tears. But in all these moments of pain, if we come into the view of God's generous love, then, even when He takes from what we have grown to so deeply love, we still can place our trust in Him who did not spare His own life so that our children, born and unborn, may be saved by His great grace. The Davis family has experienced those joys and those heartbreaks, unthinkable pain and hardship. As I know many of you have, even deeper. Bring those to the Father so that our families become a reflection of the Holy Family. Not without fault or sin, but as we heard even from St. Paul today, forgiveness, a place of forgiveness, an earnest desire to grow in holiness. That Holiness, it means to be set apart. Set apart from the games the world is playing. The parameters the world plays by and instead being fully dedicated to the ministry of Jesus who is truly obedient to the will of the Father. And I'm excited because when I think of how many families we have here going out into the world, being this gospel proclamation by our very families, the work God can do through us is great and many. By his Holy Spirit working in our hearts and then going out from us to others, These very families who are gathered here today, us in this place, redeemed children of God, set out to work for his sake, for his eternal kingdom. So listen. Listen and hear God's word and become obedient to the will of the Father so that we, along with so many others, may be welcomed into his eternal family. Today we have a choice. Which father are we going to be? Which family are we going to be? The family who says, what's best for me? Or the family who submits to the will of God through Christ Jesus? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.